Hey fam, how are you? Most of you know who I am, but for you new beautiful souls sitting with us for the first time today, I am your host, shaman and author, Allison Charles. And I hope your hearts are feeling open and in connection with the magnificent divine. But if they're not, today's voyage will assist with that as we dive into the mystical properties and guidance of numbers. And if you're anything like me, you've got a whole set of numbers that are your signs from the universe. You maybe enjoy seeing number repetitions like 111 or 333. And maybe you even love to consult what the energies of numbers are trying to communicate to you. And today's guest is a dear friend. She is a best-selling author of You Are Cosmic Code. She's a singer-songwriter and a numerologist. And her name is Caitlin Carehart. And Caitlin and I met many years ago while we were both New Yorkers and instantly bonded as we are both life path number ones. And she's just a super cool down to earth chick. So I wanted her to come on and share the wisdom she has gained with you. Now, some of the themes we cover today are the top ways people work with numerology and how and why it empowers our lives. She shares how you can easily determine your life path number, and then we go through each number sharing known attributes so you can explore more of what your number is, what life destiny and soul urge numbers are, what the numbers say are some of the essences that will be in the mix for us in 2022, and Caitlin also vulnerably shares about her personal spiritual journey, her time spent homeless, and what spiritual practice was the turning point, the game changer that sparked the divine truth within her and got her aligned with her soul and her soul's calling. Now, I love this Vibe Ceremony Circle episode so much and know you will too. So if you feel called to light a candle, maybe waft some cedar or Palo Santo around, or maybe even some Copal, I've been into that lately, Get rooted and let yourself be enraptured by our sacred mystical number friends with Caitlin Carehart. We are on board the mystical properties of numbers skyrocket ship. How are you? I'm doing well. Excited to be in Austin with you. Yeah, it's been a hot minute. I've been doing it. When I first started Ceremony Circle, I would only do in-person interviews just because you know, I really wanted them to have, there's just a different energy that happens. It creates a vibe. Yeah. Yeah. It's the same with making music too. Mm. When you're in person, it's just something happens versus when you're, you know, just recording tracks separately and stuff. Yeah. 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 So I started that way and really wanted to create a strong foundation. And then there were certain people that I knew I really wanted to have on that could only do remote. So I started to do Zoom, but it's nice to have you flying in and sitting here with me and just to see you anyways, because yeah. it's been since we both lived in New York. Oh my God. Yeah. I think that was the last time we saw each other. Yeah. It was for that, that pop sugar event. Mm-hmm. And what's interesting though, is that remember you, we had to kind of reschedule our initial podcast interview. And then it just so happens that I was coming out here. So it worked out perfectly. It's yeah. like everything is always divinely guided in time. Definitely. I even today before I got here to be with you, yeah, had a really beautiful experience, spiritual experience with a dear brother of both Luke and I, who also lives here, Daniel Raphael. Have you ever met or heard of him? I think you you, you two would really vibe. He's going to be on Ceremony Circle soon. And through my time with him earlier today, just so many 
dots that were connecting that bringing up that theme of just the perfection of the divine orchestration and timing of things. So I was very present to that even before now. But yeah, so let that be a reminder for all the Ceremony Circle Soul Fam joining us today that everything is just as it should be, right? We know that instinctively, but us as humans, we get so impatient. So it's still like sometimes so hard to like, why isn't this happening now? Or why is this shifting? And, you know, you can always connect the dots looking back. It always makes sense like, oh, it's perfect that now we could be in person with each other. Yeah. And so speaking of that pop sugar time when we first met, yeah, we dropped in right away at that little gathering before the actual pop sugar event with Milana and a bunch of Sunyu and a bunch of us got oh, I together. I love you so much. I know, dear sisters. Yeah. And and so, yeah, you and I are like, who are you? What do you do? And yeah. then when we realize we're both Life Path One. Yes. What's so interesting is that Life Path Ones really aren't that common. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah, they're not. Well, because it's the archetype of the leader, right? And oh, so if everybody had that, then geez. But it, they're really here to kind of like create a movement and innovate, you know, like Martin Luther King is a one, Steve Jobs is a one. So it's really about like kind of shifting culture, right? And it's not an easy path to walk. As the leader, you, <laughs> you're the lone wolf, you know, the, all your tests come in like the form of, are you going to step up? Are you going to answer the call? Are you going to take the dance? I always do. <laughs> yeah, it can be exhausting, you know, and the one feels really alone. But yeah, I don't really come across ones that often. And what was so interesting to me is that in that room, we had <laughs> you, me, Son, you and Milana. And I'm like, wow, like so many powerful one women in one room, which so neat. it's so interesting. We we're all brought together for that event. So it was really it felt really special. Yeah, it definitely was. Yeah, to then bring all of our embodied medicine and teaching into that massive, it was like a 15,000 person event oh, yeah. that carried over the course of a weekend in the right smack dab in the middle of Manhattan. And uh, yeah, to, for all of us to bring in whatever we're supposed to transmit that day, you know, Senyu had her African instruments and we, I could hear them being played off stage like as she's doing her healings and you're off guiding people into the mystical world of numbers and you know it's always such an honor to be able to bring into more mainstream places because there's such a readiness and willingness I mean we've seen this over the course of the last decade grow exponentially you know so it's interesting like some people scoff at like oh what a joke to bring like shamanism or numerology into like a pop sugar event it's like no that's where it's really needed yeah you know i think that when i look at some of these healing modalities especially like numerology it's like this is a tool for you to reflect and to live your best life you know and like for people that scoff at it it's like you know take it or leave it maybe it's not for you but I mean, I've done so many of these readings and, you know, same with astrology and same with, you know, the other modalities we were talking about. And there is truth to them. But at the end of the day, it's like you can work with that energy or not work with that energy. Yeah. Same with your shamanic practices. It's like, you know how powerful they are, but people don't want to take that dance. They don't want to take that dance. Totally. Yeah. And it's all good. It's all fine. So, yeah, let's start with explaining for those who are new to numerology. You have written a book on it called You Are Cosmic code. And so, yeah, I would love, you know, just to touch a little bit on where it came from, because when I was doing some research, I thought, oh, I didn't know that. Like, does Pythagoras have something yeah, to do with it? I, yeah. was like, I was like, oh, cool. 
let's just, you know, connect a couple of those dots. Cool. So for those of you who don't know what numerology is, numerology is an ancient branch of esoteric wisdom. It's similar to astrology in that it can explain kind of like what we're here to do, like different parts of our personalities. But instead of using the cosmos, numerology is using the power of numbers. And when you think about it, I mean, math is the universal language here, I feel. And everything in our world is based off of numbers. I mean, even this phone is based off of numbers and mathematical equations and coding and all of that. And there are many different forms of numerology, actually. There's a Vedic numerology. There's even numerology that came from China, Japan, and they all have like different ways of reading them. But after studying all the different types, I've noticed that the numbers seem to have the same definitions across the board. I subscribe to Pythagorean numerology. Sweet. I mean, I don't really know what that means. I'm like, yeah, rock on, dude. That's the most popular form of numerology in the Western world. And, you know, originally I studied with a woman who was from India, and she came from a long lineage of numerologists, like six generations. And what's interesting, actually, in India, like, numerology isn't like even considered like spiritual it's just oh yeah numerology right it's taught the same as like reading an arithmetic over here yeah, kind of thing. it doesn't have that kind of like woo woo mysticism yeah you know whereas here people are kind of like huh you know but yeah so I studied with her at first and then I kind of started looking at other types of numerology and Pythagorean is the one that I study and that came from ancient Greece but Really, numerology has existed since numbers have existed. Yeah. You know, people have applied meaning to it just as they've applied meaning to, you know, tarot cards and whatnot. And it's interesting because even hearing you describe it so far, there's so many layers of it that are similar to how shamanism works, too. You know, shamanism, you know, holds within it all of the truths of planet Earth and all of the universes. So it has existed, you know, since the beginning of, you know, time, essentially. but it started whenever the first humans on this planet began to, you know, whatever, commune, give offerings, pay respects to great mother earth and learn how to, you know, speak and connect with the unseen realms. And then based upon those first understandings, and of course they weren't calling it shamanism. Those people weren't, they're just working with the world (laughs) naturally. And then, you know, yeah, it filters out and then it gets assigned names and then different traditions around the world have different types of shamanic rituals. But, you know, it's like it's some interesting similarities between the path of numerology and shamanism. Yeah. I mean, well, you know, I think shamanism believes that there's medicine in everything, right? Yes, everything. Yeah. So I believe there's significant medicine in numbers and numerology and and mathematics. And it just like makes sense to me. We're, We're all cyclical beings. We all have patterns. And numerology is just this amazing way to embrace who you are and also to really understand your patterns. Yeah. And so I'm so curious. I think it would be helpful for all the soul fam with this too, to understand, because you know how sometimes there can be a practice that really, really resonates, whether it's astrology, shamanism, you know, whatever. And then it can be so exciting and resonate so deeply that you start to like only live your life by what the numbers are telling you. And so I'm curious how you found your way and what tips you can give to people to like, I mean, you know, people are going to get the teachings they need. And if I guess if they need to falter to one side and then learn the lesson of balance, you know, to each their own. But I think it's important. Yeah. If this is speaking to someone to lean into it and learn and really dive into all that you're going to share with us today, 
but also maybe not get so dependent that like every decision you make, you're running a number for it, right? Yeah, I actually think it's interesting because, you know, I've met people who when they hear that I do numerology, there's like an immediate resistance. Oh, really? Yeah. There's some people out there who are into these modalities and they're like, this is the truth. This is the way. Like astrology is 100% true. This is who you are. You're a Capricorn sun. There's nothing you can do about it. And I think that that's not healthy. I think, you know, you should look at numerology, astrology, all these incredible different healing modalities as tools for us to use. But at the end of the day, like we have free will, right? These are meant to assist us and help us. But, you know, to like live your life only by one thing, I don't know if that if that's very like human, right? We're meant to kind of like lean into all the different things and see what works, like try it on, see what works. Right. And, you know, I will say though, with numerology, the life path number is super accurate. But what's interesting is like, if you had told me like 15 years ago, oh, you're a life path one, I would have been like, no, but I was so resistant to my path and to my calling. Like as a one, we're meant to step out as, you know, being independent and being leaders. And I was super codependent back then. Like, I didn't want to do anything by myself. Like, you know, I was in a lot of bands at the time. And I kept trying to be the guitar player with Mystique. I just wanted to hide in the background. I didn't want to sing. I was so afraid to sing. I actually would like cry when people would suggest like, why don't you sing your own songs? And I would be like, no, I could never. I just, I want to be the person behind the scenes, you know? So resisting your true mission here a bit. Yes, exactly. And, but I kept finding myself, and I'm sure you can totally relate, where I kept being thrust into leadership roles or into the spotlight. And I was like, why? I don't want to. Like, I don't want to be that. Or, you know, being really tested with like my independence in so many ways. And when I found numerology and I learned I wasn't just a life path one, but also a life destiny one. And those are the two most important numbers to know, your life path, which is based off your birthday and your life destiny, which is based off of your full name at birth. I was like, wow, okay, maybe I should just start embracing this. Maybe I should just start embracing, like, I'll be a solo artist. I'll be more of a leader. I'll just step into the path instead of kind of like trying to go around it. Mm -hmm. And things started to flow so much more, right? And I think that's really interesting when you look at some of these different modalities, but specifically numerology, where something might not resonate, but then I'm like, are you really embracing like who you are? Because your life path is probably going to scare the shit out of you. Yeah, there's going to be some sort of rites of passage or initiation to allow you to fully embody all the things needed to, yeah, truly, truly be aligned with your life path mission. And so, yes, so for life path, you... So listeners, if you want to, because we're going to go through, if it's okay with you, just a few of the main keyword descriptions of the life path numbers. So for you guys listening, all you have to do is add up, like write down your birthday, birth month, and birth year. And you reduce the month, the day, and the year to a single digit. And that's because the single digit is the purest form of the energy. So numerology deals with numbers one through nine. And then there are three other numbers, 11, 22, and 33, and those are considered master numbers. So they have a more powerful frequency and vibration, but that does not mean that they're better. That's something I really want to make clear because some people think, oh, if you're a master number, 
it's better. It's just a different mission than the other numbers. But, you know, there isn't like a better than, worse than number, right? We're here to experience it all. Because when I added up Luke's, it came to a 29, which equals 11. Oh, that makes total sense. Okay, that makes sense. Okay, I was curious because, yeah, you've known my chart for so long. And I wasn't going to like... I'm just the kind of person when I'm with someone, I actually don't really like to compare charts with my partner and stuff. So I wasn't going to weave him in, but on the side at home yesterday, I was like, I was like, what is his? And then it came to an 11. But that makes sense for you because you're so intuitive. I mean, you're a shaman. So it would make sense that you need to be with someone who has a lot of intuitive gifts. Mm -hmm. And the 11, their path is linked with spirituality you know, whether they like it or not. And I've seen a lot of 11s not like it and fight it, but they always kind of find that path. And they really are, you know, a spiritual healer leader, but they're the most psychic. So he actually does have psychic gifts. And I'm not sure if he's like aware or tapped into them. But for you, I mean, you got to be with a guy who has that, right? And I feel like in a way that probably helps him speak your language to some extent. Yes, for sure. And it's funny too, because Before he and I got together, we were friends for many years. And from the time I met him, I just, I saw him as metaphysic, spiritual man, teacher. Like, that's just what I felt, what I saw. That's what the essence was to me. And then I would, you know, hear other people talk about him. And it's just like, oh, this like badass biohacker guy. And I'm just like, biohacker? Like, no, he's like a spiritual teacher. And so... It's been beautiful for me throughout our three, four years of friendship before getting together and then our time being together in this sacred union to witness him allow that spiritual truth and spiritual teacher. He hasn't found like a label that quite feels the best. So he doesn't call himself that all the time. Yeah, to us, to see him allowing that to be more at the forefront and He and I, you know, give talks together and do things together where he's definitely not showing up in those spaces as a biohacker. He's showing up as a spiritual teacher. Yeah. And I will say, too, that with master numbers, for anyone who's listening who is a life path or life destiny, 11, 22 or 33, they tend to be late bloomers. Mm. So I've actually met a lot of life path 11s where, you know, they'll be really psychic as children. But of course, we're told as kids, like, oh, you're just talking to an imaginary friend or, oh, that's not real. Or, you know, we shut down our gifts, right? And so a lot of my clients who are Life Path 11s, they shut down their gifts really young and they almost don't even remember. And then, you know, by like 40, they're like, whoa, suddenly like I have clairaudience or I'm clairvoyant. And, you know, actually most of my friends who are Life Path 11s, like my personal friends, they work as professional psychics. It's an incredible gift if he wanted to like open that up or work on that more. I mean, it totally makes sense that, you know, you guys came together. Mm -hmm. You're going to help him open that up, I bet, unless he's already fully aware. He's, uh, I'll be curious to ask him when he gets back here to the office, to the studio, what his thoughts are on that word and like what it brings up for him. He's definitely tapped in and definitely, yeah, super spiritual and, and connected man, but I don't know that word specifically, what it would evoke for him. So it'd be cool. (laughs) The psychic word? Yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's funny because in my book, I put Life Path 11 as the psychic. And I know that that's like kind of polarizing for some people. And sometimes when I talk about it on Instagram, I'll say like the spiritual leader, spiritual Mm. healer. 
But I really liked calling it the psychic because, you know, a Life Path 11, they have psychic gifts, whether they're into it or not. And I guarantee if you're listening to this right now and you're thinking, no, I don't really. Yes, you do. 100% super, super tapped in because they're really like that bridge between like the cosmic world and the human world. And they're really tapped into like that level of wisdom, that like universal wisdom. He definitely has that. Yes, he's super skilled. Like his ego is so non-existent a lot and he's he can really get into the grandest scale energetics and picture oftentimes so it's beautiful to have him as a partner and and so yeah I hope you guys have gotten your little journal out and if anybody was confused again like let's say you were born on March 10th 1980 you write down 03 plus 10 plus 1980 and you add all of that up And let's say it comes to, I don't know what it would be, but let's say it comes to 31, then you add the three plus the one, so you would be a four. So that's just one example. I'm not saying that number actually adds up to four, but if anyone was confused. So yeah, if you can now take us through, I know we started with the one because we both are. Let's start there again. Anyways, what are a few of the main, it's the leader, the the trailblazer. Yeah, it's totally like the lone wolf leader of the pack. They're super, super innovative. They really aren't meant to follow like any sort of like, you're meant to make your own path, which is hard for the leader because everything feels unsure. You don't really have someone to look to who is exactly what you are. You know, for example, like, I know you came from more of like a television background and suddenly you're a shaman and you're like, okay, how do I make this work? (laughs) And you don't really have anyone to look to because you're, you know, the one is like really one of a kind and they're really here to be the best at all they do. Number one in all they do, no pun intended. Another great example, just to like kind of give context, like what if Paltrow is also a life path one? You know, she had this like successful career as an actress and then she started Goop. And I remember when she started Goop, people are like, what? What are you doing? You know, like they're still asking that because she does really captivating. I don't, you know, if that's the right word, but like, her products and her TV show around it, it's all got a palpable energetic to it. You know, it, whether it draws people in or repels, it's like she's really, yeah, blazing a new kind of way with that brand and that business. Totally. The one is here to find that new way, right? And they're here to shift whatever field that they're in. And they're here to, again, innovate. They're here to bring something totally new to the collective that hasn't been done again. Another great example, Steve Jobs, like, look at what he did with PCs. And at first people are like, what? Nobody needs a PC in their home. And, you know, everywhere you go, like we have iPhones and Apple products everywhere. And, you know, he created so many diverse products that totally changed our culture. So that's really what the one is here to do. Again, creative pioneer, independent leader. And then the two is really about partnership. It's a big Libra energy. If anyone's familiar with astrology, it's very much like balance, cooperation, harmony, really good at supporting others. Some numerologists actually call the two the sensitive, which I know some people don't like that word, but I really look at them as like highly empathic and they're great at just like championing people and rallying people to like come together. 
Tony Robbins is a life path too. That sounds pretty spot on. Right? Eckhart Tolle is uh, a two. Who else? Obama's a two. Hmm, interesting. So again, like all the people that I just named, partnership is super important to them. So if you're two, like you are meant to come into a significant partnership in this lifetime. You know, all the people I just named, you know, you watch an interview with them and they're like, oh, I'd be nothing without my spouse. And that's like a really big part of their identity. And, you know, even collaboration, if you're a two and you feel stuck in something, one of my clients is a musician and he's a life path too. And he was like, I hate making music now. I hate it, but like, I love it. And I'm like, why do you say that you hate it? And he was like, oh, it's just become really challenging. I'm like, well, you're a two. You're meant to collaborate. You're meant to kind of like outsource certain things and feed off other people's energy. Have you been doing that? He's like, no. I'm like, okay, try it. And he did. And he's like, oh my God. Yes, exactly. Because twos are just really great with collaboration and partnership. And then we have three, which is a communicator. And this is like very, very creative energy. This is like most of the artists in the world. So, you know, like Ed Sheeran, Katy Perry, Christina Aguilera, David Bowie. All threes. They're all three. <laughs> Larry David, Alec Baldwin, all life path threes. So a lot of actor energy. And it's really just here to master self-expression and then teach others how to do that. Yeah. The word like showmanship keeps coming. Yeah, definitely. Definitely. And it's also nicknamed the sunshine number. They're kind of just like, they shine so bright. Like if you have a life path three in your life, you just like feel so comforted around them. And there's also like a level of mysticism involved with the life path threes, you know, because mm-hmm. the three has always been looked at as a mystical number. It's like the past, present, future, the mind, body, spirit, the Holy Trinity. Yeah, it makes sense. I don't know Katy Perry in person, but just when I seen like she goes to Egypt and seems really into like spiritual information. Yeah. And yeah, the little that I've read about her, she seems super into the mysticism side of earth life. Yeah. I think David Bowie is like the quintessential. Yeah, life there we three. go. There's always like a quintessential one in my mind. I'm like, yes, that is just totally exemplifies life path three. And then there's the life path four, and that's known as the builder. And they're really the teacher and the builder and they're very structured. It's kind of similar to Capricorn energy, actually. Mm. They're really here to like build systems and to build their empire, right? So like Oprah's a life path for Shonda Rhimes, um, Quentin Tarantino. And, you know, the shadow side of the four is that they can be really rigid, like to the point where they're kind of holding themselves back. But they're really here to kind of like make their mark on the world through their work. And four is the number of breakthrough and just teaching. And so I'm curious. So our house that we that Luke and I have here, the street number address adds up to a four. Oh, that's great. Because four is actually the number of foundations. So in address numerology, that's a really good place to like build a new foundation. And that makes sense because you and Luke moved from LA to Austin. Yeah. That's a good one. I was so curious about that. Yeah. Like how it works with house addresses and stuff. The only thing I'd say about the four is that the four is the number of hard work. So yeah, so you can, so the four energy sometimes, like anyone who's in a, in a year four, you'll know it's like, I joke, it's like work till you die. It's just like constant work, constant mm. like movement. And well, that's not what I want in the house. So yeah, we- but it is good for foundations. The thing is that there's a light and shadow side to each number. Mm-hmm. And so it kind of just depends on what you're tapping into. But for you building a new foundation, I feel it's really good. 
and it will be good for work and it will be good for breakthroughs. But the thing about breakthroughs is that how do we usually get to a breakthrough? (laughs) Walking through some massive fire. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) Exactly. Yeah. And then we have the life path five, which is the freedom seeker, the free spirit. They're here to learn how to be adaptable and just ride this constant wave of change. So if you're Mm -hmm. a five, nothing really stays the same in your life. Usually you might have some areas of life like that are a little bit more stable, but for the most part, there's always going to be kind of this like up and down energy. Again, they're super adaptable. They're also very sensual. And I don't mean that in like a sexual way, but just that the five represents the five senses. Mm. So these people really enjoy good food, good music, like anything that kind of like delights the senses. Is Janis Joplin a five? I don't know why. That's a good question. I don't know. I, okay. I know Russell Brand is a five. Okay. And he's a really good five. He's actually a five life path, 11 destiny. I'm pretty sure if my memory serves correctly and that totally aligns because his career even You know, he started off, I think he was doing something in England, but I knew him as like an actor and a comedian. And now he has his podcast and now he's more of like in a spiritual place. Mm -hmm. So again, just like, you're not really meant to stay in the same place as a five. You're meant to experience life. It's the number of experience. Okay. And then we have the six and that is the nurturer. And they're really here to learn how to have a balanced home life. That's really like satisfying and have a balanced like career. So Victoria Beckham and Jessica. She seems like she they've both done a good job at that. Jessica, which Jessica? Jessica Alba. Okay. Oh, well, Lord, my gosh, built a multi-billion yeah. dollar honest company. And, you know, both of the women I just named, like their family is really important to them. You know, they have this, we don't know them personally, but just looking on the outside, they represent that number really well because they've built these amazing brands, but they also have like, my family's really important to me. I'm like a stay at home mom, but I also work. So it's finding that balance between career and love life and like healthy relationships that really lights you up. Speaking of David Beckham's an 11. Oh, okay. Uh-huh. Interesting. Uh-huh. Okay. I know you said Luke's an 11. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And then we have the seven. Who knew David Beckham was psychic? We do now. <laughs> well, that's what's so interesting. Sometimes people are like, well, I don't think that person's psychic. And I'm like, we don't know them at all, you know? Yeah, yeah. Like, we're not hanging out with them. And also, you know, oftentimes the gifts we have, they're who we are and so innate that we don't identify them as certain ways. You know, like if he has that ability and it's just kind of always been inside of him and he's always been able to kind of like have certain awarenesses he might not have identified it as, oh, I'm a psychic person because to him, he's just being him. So, you know, who knows? Exactly. And we have the seven, which is the most spiritual number. That's a single digit number. And this is the seeker. These people are really here to commit themselves to a sacred calling. They're very private people. They don't really like their business being out. Like Leonardo DiCaprio is a life path seven, Dave Chappelle. And these are people who are very successful, but we don't really know anything about their personal life. We don't hear about it. Yeah. And they're really here to just commit themselves to whatever lights them up. It's a very spiritual number, but it's very grounded, right? Like Bruce Lee was a seven. So I really oh, think cool. of it like that. And that's your destiny number, by the way, ah. um, which makes total sense for you. And so there's this like really grounded wisdom that comes from the seven where the 11 is very cosmic. 
Sometimes mm-hmm. the 11 can kind of be like off the planet, like that in is the clouds. Lit. Yeah. He doesn't know. I always have to, and it's not a problem. We balance each other very well with me being a Capricorn and very earth and grounded base. But yeah, he never knows what day it is. I have to remind <laughs> him of things on the calendar, like calendars, time and day. Forget about it. With yeah. <laughs> and for me, I'm like, I know exactly, like I can tell you approximately one minute and 32 seconds has passed, like since, you know, the dog moved or. I'm super dialed yeah. into, so it's, we help each other. <laughs> I love that balance though. That's amazing mm-hmm. synergy. And then we have the eight and the eight is the powerhouse. And the eight is the only number that has to do with money and the material realm. So if you have an eight, no matter where you're at right now, you are destined to be wealthy. Sweet. Destined. And, you know, again, they really act as the bridge between the spiritual and material world. And, you know, people like Elizabeth Taylor is a life path eight, Jane Fonda. So they're really here to kind of like do it all and like build their empire, but again, attain a lot of wealth. And they're supposed to use that wealth to then better the world and the planet. Uh-huh. And then we have the life path nine, and that's the humanitarian. This is really the path of service. There's a lot of surrender with the life path nine. It's definitely not the easiest, but you know, they're really here to help heal humanity and to, you know, they fall in love with causes and they're there to like champion them. Right. So I I just keep seeing pictures of nuns. Yes. Well, actually mother Teresa was a life path nine. Really? And so is Gandhi. Okay. Yeah. Um, That makes sense. Oh, and who wrote the biography of a yogi? Oh, I forget. He's a life path nine too. Okay. Yeah. Yeah, I was trying to find it. Yeah. They're very charitable. And again, they're here to, heal humanity. And then we have the master numbers. The 11 is the psychic. We kind of talked about that. And then we have the 22. And that's considered the most powerful number in numerology. It's the master builder. So, you know, the four is here to build an empire, right? But the 22 is here to build like a huge empire that shifts humanity. The master numbers are here to shift humanity on a really grand scale. Okay. And that's not to say that the other numbers can't, but that It's believed in numerology that if a master number does not come into its power and its purpose, that it actually incurs karma, right? So Luke has a really big like purpose to step into. And a a lot of master numbers, it's a lot more work for them in a way because they're here to learn even more challenges. And again, (laughs) it depends on your whole cosmic code because there's so many numbers. Oh, I just got the chills. Whoa. Yeah. I was just reflecting on Luke's life. I'm like, oh, poor thing. Well, zap. Yeah. Well, (laughs) actually, it's like believed that master numbers come in with bigger egos that they then have to break down so that they can be greater teachers. He's done a great job at that. Mm -hmm. So, you know, you meet a master number again, 11, 22, 33, especially a mature one, Mm -hmm. you know, let's say 40s, 50s, 60s, there's not going to be a whole lot that they haven't experienced on some scale. And again, it's so that they can be a master teacher. Mm -hmm. So again, Life Path 22 is a master builder. They're here to like really build things that shift humanity. Uh, Richard Branson's a a 22, the Dalai Lama, Paul McCartney. You know, Paul McCartney's music has been popular since the 60s. It spans, it's so wild. And think of how much it's like helped shift people. And so that's an example of that. And then we have Life Path 33, which is the path of unconditional love. Oh, beautiful. This is one of the harder ones because they get tested a lot in love. So the 33 is here to master unconditional love. It's actually considered Christ consciousness. Yeah. So it's a very powerful vibration and it's one of the rarest numbers. I've actually only met three in real life Hmm. and I've done hundreds. I mean, 
thousands at this point of readings, even like before I was doing them professionally just for fun. And 33, you just don't come across. And again, they'll be tested a lot in love and they have to learn how to unconditionally love themselves first and then mm. be able to give that to others. Actually, yeah. Shaman Durek, I think you know Shaman Durek, right? Yeah, That's yeah. his maturity number. That makes sense. If you've ever had a hug from Shaman Durek, you feel that unconditional love and it's very much that and he's in that vibration. So fascinating. Mm -hmm. Oh my God, this was so good. So helpful. I hope all of you, I'm sure, you know, as we were working our way through, if anybody didn't do, there was like press pause to go back and do it because it's, it's cool. It's empowering. Yeah. You know? That's what I love about it. Cause it's like, you know, we all get in our heads sometimes, right? And we all doubt ourselves. Actually, self-doubt is the biggest crutch of the one, just FYI. Okay. So if that was something you struggled with, especially like growing up. That makes yeah. total sense. I've certainly evolved massively in that category, but absolutely it was, yes, that pressure or self-imposed pressure, whatever, or number imposed pressure of feeling like I was supposed to be the best or had to be the best, yet feeling self-doubt, those two systems clash magnificently and powerfully. And so, yeah, it was a big thing for me growing up to overcome self-doubt yeah. for sure. And that's the thing. It's like when you understand the light and shadow side to each number, you can lean into it. Like if you doubt yourself, like let's say you're doing something that really challenges you where you have to like step out more and lead more. You're like, well, that's what I'm here to do. You can lean on that. Like, okay, my life path's the one. Let me try this out. Let me try this on. And when that self-doubt comes up, you can be like, nope, that's the shadow side of the one. And I'm not doing that today. Yeah. Poor little girl, Allie you know, is training oftentimes twice a day as a distance runner and like would get to the starting line of all these cross country and track meets and races. And nine times out of 10, when that gun would go off, when the race would start, I would be like racing and this, the race had started, but I would simultaneously be like projectile vomiting from the pressure and yeah. the nervousness and trying to overcome the doubt and also going into most of those races, like seated number one and expected to win, but then worried that I wouldn't and I would let myself and other people down and so I would just be like blowing chunks while racing <laughs> at the same time like it was pretty interesting <laughs> hey soul fam it's time for today's little microdose where I share about the ancient healing wisdom and power of flowers I truly believe that flowers unleash our full potential. They're the antenna of Mother Earth. Lotus Way is a line of flower essence elixirs that you take underneath your tongue. They also have aura mist, anointing oils, bath salts, so much more, all created by a master flower alchemist. She enables us to work with different flowers to heal or empower different aspects of our lives, and they even have flower elixirs for pets, yes. Now by tapping into these incredible elixirs and we have these methods at our fingertips that allows us to be our happiest, clearest, brightest, most loving selves, all things that you know I am all about. So when you go to lotusway.com, be sure to use the code MYSTIC at checkout. That's all capital letters, M-Y-S-T-I-C, code MYSTIC at checkout and you will get yourself a Ceremony Circle Podcast Soul Fam discount at lotusway.com. 
Hey Soul Fam, I hope you're enjoying today's voyage. It feels so good to be back for season two of Ceremony Circle Podcast. And it feels really amazing to let you know we are right around the corner from my book, Animal Power, officially being released and in your hands. Now, many of you know my close relationship with the power animal realm. They were my first spiritual guides who came in to support me after my spiritual awakening. And then they came to me when I went to Bali to write another book on a different topic. And they actually asked for me to co-create Animal Power book with them. So I did. Animal Power, 100 Animals to Energize Your Life and Awaken Your soul is a luxe compendium that explains what a power animal is, why and how it is so powerful to work with them, along with featuring 100 animals, each with a brilliant medicinal full page of art. And it also explains what each animal represents, its message for you, and a power practice to take you and your relationship with that animal even deeper. So the next time an animal visits your dream, your meditation, or catches your attention in any way, you can just go to Animal Power Book to see why. You can grab your copy and one for an animal or spiritual loving friend at my website, alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. That's A-L-Y-S-O-N-C-H-A-R-L-E-S, alisoncharles.com backslash animal power. And when you pre-order in between now and March 2nd at alisoncharles.com backslash animal power, you will also get a free video guided shamanic journey facilitated by me for you to meet your current power animal. I prepared for this book for many, many lifetimes and spent over four years writing it. And I can personally attest to its incredible power and magic that it will bring into your life and help you unite even more fully with your soul. I so appreciate your support, Soul Fam. And now back to today's episode. So I'm curious, like ever since I was young, I have this combination of angel numbers and it's like any combo of like one, two, seven or two, one, seven or two, seven, one. And I guess that adds up no matter how you slice it. It's seven, eight, nine, ten. Oh, so it comes to another one. That's interesting. Well, it's also interesting that those numbers two, seven, one, seven, one are in there and your life path, which is the path that you're walking in life, like who you are, your identity is a one and your destiny, which is based off your full birth name is how you achieve your destiny, how you achieve your one is a seven. Okay. So it's interesting that that's there. But you know, there are so many different ways to look at repeating numbers. But I would always reduce it down to a single digit. Mm-hmm. And the fact that you're getting 271, which comes out to a one, I would read that as, you know, a message from spirit or universe kind of like reminding you like, this is who you are. You are a leader, you are the creative pioneer, like go for your dreams, right? Interesting. It's the first time. And I mean, I've been working with those numbers like in the angelic sense since I was middle school or high school. So it's cool all these years later to have that connect for the first time. And it's cool that, you know, you have the one and the seven in there, which are your core numbers, your Mm -hmm. most important numbers. But the two is also like balance. And so it's interesting that you would add the two that kind of like balance and synergy and cooperation. And like, you know, the two is the sensitive, right? So It makes sense that those kind of represent who you are. Beautiful. And then I was curious before we pressed record, I was sharing with you how, you know, due to supply chain issues and global shipping delays that so Mm. many people are encountering, especially in the book world, 
my book was supposed to come out a few days ago, and then it got pushed twice, or actually three times, to now the official new release date is March 8th of 2022, which equals a six. So can you tell me just a couple of things, like, with a six that might pertain to a book being released on that day, a six day? Like, how does that work? Interesting. So yeah, a lot of people do check the days. I find that it's more powerful when you check your personal year cycles. And so the personal year cycles speak to the themes that we're experiencing every year and they go one through nine and they repeat again and again and again. Okay. And honestly, it's like, out of all the things I've ever studied, it's the most accurate, most spot on it's helped me grow so much because through using the personal year cycle, you're able to see your own patterns. So there are the years that align with the numbers and then there are the month cycles too. Okay. And they work in conjunction. So you're born January 1st, right? Yes. Okay. So this year was a seven for you. Last year was your romance year. So 2021 was my romance year or? No, 2020. 2020 was, that's the year that Luke and I, I think, got together, shifted from friends to what we are now, I believe. And, and then, then this year, 2021. introspection. And actually, a lot of famous authors wrote their books in sevens. I don't know if you worked on it in this yes. year. Because it's a very introspective year. So this is a year where there's a lot of internal rearranging. Yeah. But externally, nothing's happening. Yes. So frustrating. Yes. Okay. That's bullseye. But what I love about your book being, of course, I don't like book delays. I experience the same thing. But next year is actually your money and power year. Oh, interesting. So, so it's an eight. Yes. It's an eight next year. And I think that that's really powerful that you would be finally releasing this incredible work. And I heard that the illustrator... Yes. Was his last. That's so crazy. The artwork in Animal Power was his last work of art he ever created before wow. transitioning to the other side. Yeah. And it's so beautiful, too. It is. It's like stunning. It's so stunning. But yeah, so next year is all about your power and money year. And it's funny because a lot of people, all they hear is the money part. They're like, ooh, I'm going to come into money. Yay. You know, and yeah, that can happen in an eight. I actually have seen people go into a year eight and strike it rich suddenly they're making more money than they ever had. And I've also seen people go into eight and file bankruptcy. But aside from the money part, power is going to be the big theme next year, like how you're stepping into your power and you're going to be tested in that way. And so it makes sense that your book was delayed and now it's coming out during this time of power and it comes out in March. Yes. March. Yeah. Third month. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. Oh, no, there's something that you just felt that you're like, I don't think I want to say that. No, no, I was just thinking (laughs) it's coming out in your month two, which is interesting because January is going to be a month nine. So you're going to be letting go of something. Okay. There's going to be an ending. And then February is going to be a one. So new beginning. Something new is going to happen. Something new is going to be birthed. And then March is going to be your two. That's balance, collaboration. So it's probably going to be a time that you're going to be promoting it a lot and probably going on podcasts or collaborating with other people. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Okay, thanks. (laughs) That was funny. And so because we've touched on this life destiny, yeah, I thought it was cool that you look at your legal birth name and then each letter of your legal birth name has a number that's assigned to it. And then that whittles it down to a certain number. And mine is a seven. And you have this stuff on your Instagram that they can go to and figure it out. And I love doing that one chart 
Oh, that I sent you? Yeah. And so what you do, so I highly recommend you guys go to her Instagram, which is... At Carehart, K-A-E-R-H-A-R-T. And I have a whole numerology story highlight. So it's really easy to just find all of the numerology posts that I've created that are really helpful and people just like easily being able to get it. Because sometimes when you're listening about numerology, it can be could sound confusing to hear about math. Yeah. But it's actually extremely simple. Yeah, it is. Easy to do. Yeah, you made it easy to figure it out. So you can figure your own life destiny number out. And then there's a post within that story highlight where there are messages that go with each number. So when I picked my one for my life path number message and then went over to the seven on the life destiny message, my sentence that got created for me was, and I just, I was of course laughing (laughs) so hard. My sentence says, I am here to be a creative pioneer by devoting myself to a sacred calling, (laughs) being singular focused in my pursuits. I was like, come on, Caitlin. Like, I mean, the numbers don't lie (laughs) for real though. I mean, that if somebody wanted the shortest elevator pitch ever as to like who I am and what I'm doing on this earth, I am here to be a creative pioneer by devoting myself to a sacred calling. Yep. Period. Yeah. That was actually my favorite post I ever made. Yeah. Because it just puts it so simply because, you know, some people find out their life path number. They're like, oh, that doesn't really resonate. That doesn't make sense. But knowing the life destiny, that's more the full picture, right? There, there are infinite numbers I could calculate for people. Like it can go really deep, honestly. Yes. But knowing your life path, it's like, okay, that's who I am. But how are you going to go about like achieving being that thing? And okay. for you, it's through the lens of spirituality. Yes, you're a leader. Yes, you're highly creative. Yes, you're innovative and unique. But how are you going to channel that? It's through the seven, which is devoting yourself to spirituality and a sacred calling. You know, and I'm sure that you probably found that once you embraced your gifts and went through your spiritual awakening and shamanism, that that was probably the missing piece to your full destiny of like what you're here to do. And but you were already a leader before, right? Yes, just in different and sometimes unconscious ways. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The radio was super cool for a while, but it definitely started to feel very socially irresponsible just because, you know, I'm just like, okay, I'm leading and I have this voice and I'm reaching all these people. Like, what are we doing on this morning show other than like raising a ruckus? You know what I mean? Exactly. And that's why it's important to know your destiny because that changes the game. I mean, being a life path one, life destiny seven versus a life path one, life destiny eight, completely different. You know, someone with a destiny eight, they're meant to use money to uh, channel their gifts, mm-hmm. you know, use that skill. Right. And so cool. it's important to look at both. And if anyone's listening who they're like, oh, my life path doesn't resonate. Look at your life destiny. And, you know, I know this is a big topic, this word I'm going to bring up, but what can we touch on when we were texting the, the other day? You were like, oh, you've done a lot of karma clearing with your love. So like the karmic piece, I know it might be a big portal that I'm opening, but it seems to be important here with numerology. So how does the karma stuff come in? So there are a couple of different karmic numbers in numerology and there are karmic lessons and those are pretty easy to calculate. And that's also in my book and on my Instagram, but those speak to like areas of life you're still working out in this lifetime. It's not that serious. And you know, you're not always stuck in them. Like for example, maybe you have a karmic lesson six. So commitment is hard for you. So it's just something that you're kind of learning still in this lifetime, carried over from past lifetimes. Okay. But 
How did you figure out that mine was love related? So that is referring to a karmic debt. So there are also karmic debt numbers. There are four karmic debt numbers. And I've briefly talked about this. I'm going to dive deeper in some things I have planned coming up, but there's not an exact formula for karmic debt. Basically what happens is you calculate out someone's full chart, their full cosmic code. And if you come upon 13, 14, 16, or 19, that's considered a karmic debt. Now you have a 16 karmic debt, which means in this lifetime, there was a love situation you had to contend with. Yeah, (laughs) slightly. So in a previous lifetime, you had some like abusive love. Yeah. There was something that you did. So maybe like. Yes. And I know what it is. Oh, you do? Oh, I totally know what it is. Oh my God, wait, I want to hear this because most people I tell, they're like, I don't know what. No, I totally know. And, And of course, I will say with the caveat of it could be even more than what I'm about to share. But many years ago. It's so funny sometimes when I'm sharing with people certain initiations that I'm going through or or whatever's happening spiritually in my life. They're like, oh my God, like what plant medicine were you on or where were you? I'm like, no, I'm just like at home. (laughs) You're like, I'm sober. This isn't normal for you. (laughs) Yeah. So most of my stuff, it's just I'm at home and just with God. And this was one of those situations many, many, many years ago. And I was being taken on this past life voyage, just sitting on my bed in Brooklyn, all of a sudden it just happened. And I was shown, I was taken to a past life when I was in an old Eastern European port town, like hundreds of years ago. And I can see the house right now. God, it's so trippy. Um, Like I can see the cobblestone streets and I'm in the kitchen. And what happened on this day was I had found out that my husband at the time had cheated on me. And I was just so heartbroken and devastated. You know, I loved this man and I just was in such shock and horror. And yet I had gotten in touch with him somehow, you know, and convinced him to to come home to talk about it. And when he walked in the door of our home, it was not premeditated, but there was just something inside of me that I guess it's just that sheer devastation part of me when I saw his face when he walked in the door, I we were the kitchen was the first room when you walked in and I grabbed a knife and I killed him. Oh my God. So talk about slight karmic wow, debt. Oh, crime of passion. <laughs> yeah. And it just kind of snapped and was just overcome by the pain or the rage wow. or whatever the case was. And so that was a very wild thing, you know, just to have that experience by yourself of being tracked back to that past life because It can bring up so much when you realize, you know, we've lived a lot of lives and like we've all been the saint and the sinner and the the nun and the killer. And, you know, just we've for the most part have experienced so much. And so to reconcile and to then have the questions of like, oh, my gosh, what does that mean about me? Does that mean anything about me in this lifetime that in that lifetime I had that capacity and that capability to do that? And it's such powerful medicine, you know, to do any sort of past life work. but. So yeah, I'm very clear there's something pertaining to that in this. Yeah. And with the karmic debt piece, you know, however many people you negatively impacted in a past life, you have to like positively impact that many people. So for you, like with a karmic debt 16, which is the love karmic debt, you have to learn how to put your spiritual self forward, especially in love. And that's really like a huge lesson for you in this lifetime. But again, you have other markers in your chart that say like it's getting cleared this lifetime Mm because numerology actually tells you like, is this a karmic clearing life? And it is for you. Feels that way. 
Yeah. But what's interesting too is like you inflicted pain on someone in love in that past life. And so in this lifetime, you're going to feel that. And <laughs> sorry, God. And I'm not sure if, you know, usually with a karmic debt 16, there's, it can play out in two different ways I've seen. Usually though, the way that it plays out is you have one epic breakup that rocks you. I mean, like devastation, crazy story, like that would be the case. Yes. It just like brings you to your knees, life altering. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of times it can be blindsiding too. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> and then sometimes it can play out where it's like, you know, you live it out with a couple of different people. But again, a lot of my clients with a karmic debt 16, it's just like one epic heartbreak. And it's epic because it's karmic. It comes from a previous lifetime. Yes. But what I love about the karmic debt number is that, you know, I used to be scared to talk to people about it because I didn't want them to be like, oh my God, I'm doomed. Like, let's say if I told you this, you'd be like, oh, I'm doomed in love. You know, I have a love karmic debt. That's not the case at all. Like what I love about the karmic debt is that it's healing. You're like, oh my God, this thing that I went through in this lifetime that just broke me open, that hurt so bad in love, like it wasn't Allison. It was something from a past life that was meant to happen so yeah. that you can experience that. So you can heal. And, you know, one of my clients has a karmic debt 14 and that's an abuse of freedom in a past life. So a lot of times, like if you have a karmic debt 14, you might attract people with like a drug habit mm. or they're abusing freedom in some way. And I told her that and she started crying and, and I was like, is everything okay? And she's just like, my whole life, I didn't understand why I kept attracting people with addiction issues when I don't have them. And she just felt like such a healing because it was like, oh, it's, I'm not doing anything wrong. Cause we always blame ourselves. We always mm. think, oh, I'm doing something wrong. What did I do wrong? Why can't I break this pattern? Exactly. Or... But for her, I was just like, no, this is just what you're learning because in a past life that was you. And now you have to learn compassion on the other end for that. And that's, what's so healing. And I think surprises people whenever like I do readings or they find out their numbers, they're like, I didn't think this is going to be healing, but it is so healing, you know, and it's just nice to have that affirmation of you had a love karmic debt and now it's been cleared and you're like, oh, now I'm in this relationship, which is so aligned and it makes sense. And yeah. Oh my good Lord. So speaking of like alignments and callings and things, when and how did you realize that doing this work was your calling? And I know you're also a very skilled musician and singer, and you're still doing that work too. So maybe the question is, how did you realize your calling is like merging and blending spirituality with entertainment and media and things like that? Well, yeah, that's interesting. With numbers, I was always searching for something to like help me live like my best life or to heal. Like I had a lot of trauma growing up, like we all do. And I was always like, why aren't things working out? There has to be like something that can help explain this for me or like who I am, like what is my destiny? What am I supposed to do? And nothing really resonated with me until numbers came to me and they came to me in a dream, actually. Oh, cool. I didn't like seek them out at all. Yeah. As callings were. Yeah. It's like, oh, now I'm being summoned. And I think numbers just really resonated with me because even though I guess people would look at what I do as being pretty woo-woo, I'm actually really practical as well. I'm a Virgo. So you get it as a Capricorn. Mm. It's like, yes, like yes to the mystic stuff. Yes to all that. It's so fun. And I love it. But also like, I like being grounded and, mm -hmm. and that aspect. And so numerology just spoke to that side of me, but also like being a musician growing up, you know, patterns, understanding like repetition of things, you know, just totally 
to me, music and numerology are the same thing. Mm. But I actually didn't think that numerology was going to be my calling. And same with music. Like both of them found me in really interesting, unique ways. And I wasn't seeking them out. It just was like I was in the right place at the right time. Yeah. And with numerology, it came to me in a dream. I became obsessed with it once I met my mentor. And when she gave me my my first reading, I was like, no one has ever known me like this. Because I always felt unseen. Like people... I think a lot of us feel that way. We feel like people don't get us maybe. And I was like, how did she do this? You know, like how did she just totally break me down in one session? And I just was so obsessed with numbers for so many years. And I was doing (laughs) numerology charts. I didn't tell anyone because I was a little bit like scared to step out in that way. Okay. Because I didn't want to be like judged, right? I was scared that people would think I was some crazy like and now I don't care Crazy as much, number lady. you probably get it. You know, being a shaman, you're like, oh my God, I'm, I'm a radio host and now I'm going to step out as a shaman. But yeah, like I just obsessively would do it. It was like my fun thing. And at the time, like I had been through a lot in the music industry and I know you were in the entertainment industry as well. So you understand some of the toxicity that goes on. And, you know, for a long time, I just thought like music wasn't possible for me because I kept being in these really twisted, messed up situations. So mm-hmm. Being in the music industry and having that so much toxicity, I guess I'll put it without going into too many details, really pushed me to search for a more spiritual answer to life to help support me. Because I was like, why can't I just make music? Why isn't it easier to just like live your passion instead of dealing with the misogyny, the boys club? Like this is before the Me Too movement, right? So anyways... Anywho, Anywho, we're both looking at each other like, we know there's a lot to unpack there, but anywho. So, you know, like I was doing music that the numerology I was just so passionate about and it was so healing for me and I was doing it for fun. And then one day someone was like, someone was referred to me actually by another shaman, like, oh, someone's looking to pick a date for their C-section. Can they buy a session from you? I'm like, what? Someone wants to pay me for this? So I was doing it every day, like obsessively. I would test my intuition. I'd like look at a like celebrity or someone on TV and be like, I bet they're a life path three, life destiny eight. Okay, cool. Let me go look up their information. Uh, And I was doing it for everyone, everywhere that I went. So I was like, somebody is going to. I can get paid to do this. It never occurred to me. Isn't that weird? Yeah. That it just never. And this was like so long ago. Like. Right. All these things weren't trending really. Mm -hmm. Yeah. it's (laughs) Right. They just weren't like yeah. people were not talking about astrology or healing or meditation or and if they were, people were like, OK, it's just it makes me chuckle so much how like the planet's most ancient practices are like, quote unquote, trending again. You know, it's just hilarious. Yeah. We humans are all so funny. Right. So, yeah, it was just interesting. And just like from there, I just I guess kept answering the calling like more and more people came and I was doing readings only off referrals for years and Penguin Random House found me to write a book. And mm-hmm. then I was like, well, I guess I have to out myself as a numerologist and start yeah. sharing this on Instagram. <laughs> it was the same with music. Like I never really sought anything out and I just kept making music and then people would find me and like I just signed a deal with a label, which I'm really stoked about. Congrats. And thank you. Yeah. So, you know, I think that I hope that we're moving into a space where these tools and like things that like we do aren't looked at as like spiritual because to be human is a spiritual experience. Absolutely. You know, and it's really interesting because sometimes people are like, oh, you do both. And I'm like, yeah, it's life. But right. I think that we maybe have that opportunity Mm -hmm. because the world is shifting so much that we can move into that space where like 
it's not viewed as separate. Like all of these things are just us expressing ourselves mm-hmm. as humans in this experience. Absolutely. And I think that's what these tools are. So, you know, merging them just makes sense to me. And again, I think like for me, the reason I love numerology is because it's one of the greatest healers and same with music. And I like doing that for myself and I like sharing that with others. Mm-hmm. I'm curious about a couple of random things mm-hmm. before we get to your beautiful numerology mystic meditation. You said back in 2014 that Reiki healing changed your life. I was curious how it changed your life. So 2014 was a very interesting year. I hit pretty bad rock bottom and I was in a really low place and I was finding myself really depressed. There was like a lot of events that led up to this, like my grandma dying. I was in a band and we were signed and I thought, this is it. This is my break. And some really bad things happened with the person I was in a band with and we got dropped and that's tough. Yeah, it was really, really tough. And yeah, I don't want to share too many details for her, but it was really jarring. And, and there are some other family things that really just shook me. I mean, it was like everything at once as it always happens, mm-hmm. right? <laughs> Seriously. Just everything at once. And I just, I couldn't get out of this negative place. And I was trying everything because, you know, I'm not inherently a negative person. I was right. always really positive, really upbeat, really resilient, right? And something about that experience just broke me. And I was going to hypnotherapist. I was trying therapy. I was trying like exercise. You know, I have ADHD, which I was diagnosed when I was six. So I'm like, maybe I'll try Adderall. Like I was trying everything that I knew how to do. And nothing was really helping. And at the time, I would consider myself atheist, which is so weird. (laughs) Say what? I know. I was like, there's nothing. Like humans just can't conceive of nothingness. This is I was in such a dark place. I cannot even tell you. And also like, you know, my dad's side's German. So like my opa's like, you believe in something? No, that's, no, we don't do that. Let's slow it down yeah. here. <laughs> we're practical. We're rational. That's not how we operate. So I was in a really, really dark place. I literally tried everything, 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 everything. And then as fate would have it, one of my friends was coming into town. I was living in New York at the time and I hadn't seen her in years. And I was actually surprised she even reached out because we had been in a band and the band had broken up. And anyways, We met up and out of nowhere, she's like, you know, I've been doing this thing called Reiki and it's really helping me. And I'm like, Reiki, what is that? Right. And she started to describe it to me. And I was like, again, really not into that stuff. I was like, "Mm, that sounds like bullshit. (laughs) But after I left the dinner with her, I kept thinking about it. I'm like, that's the one thing I haven't tried is anything spiritual. Mm. I've tried everything else. Oh, intriguing. Right? Okay. So I go online and I research like, why do we all have to, well, not all, but why does someone else have to hit that place where it's just like the only option left is God, <laughs> you know, it's like, because how else would we, you know exactly. what I mean? It's so funny. Because we're taught not to go there. Yes, right? exactly. We're brainwashed not to go there. Exactly. So I started doing all this research, trying to find someone to like get a Reiki session with. And again, this wasn't like popular back then. There weren't a lot of Reiki healers, but I found one in Hell's Kitchen. Oh, perfect. (laughs) Right? (laughs) Go to Hell's Kitchen for your first Reiki. So I went to see this woman, okay? And I thought I was just going to lie on the table, close my eyes, maybe like a little meditation, get up and leave. I walk in there and this woman knew like everything about me Mm. without, like she knew part of the rock bottom, which I didn't go into detail. She knew all the details. 
And I'm like, that's weird. Because there was no way she could have known. So I was like, strange. But I still wasn't buying it. Sure. So then I get on the table. She puts her hands on me. And I'm like, okay, whatever. Close my eyes. And I still was like doubting it. And I know, well, I'm talking to you. Because I was going to say, this might sound crazy, but not to someone like you. I sat there. She put her hands on me. And I immediately dropped into a past life. Now, at the time, I didn't believe in past lives, okay? So <laughs> I was, like, seeing the scene back in, like, the 1800s, and it played out as if I was there. Not yeah. like I was watching it. Right. I was there. Yeah. And all of a sudden, I started bawling, but only from one eye. So my left eye was crying. And mind you, like, I'm not conscious, really. I'm kind of, like, observing what's happening to yeah. me. And then all of a sudden, my grandfather showed up who was dead and was like talking to me. Mm. And then I, I come out of that and nothing was the same after. Mm-hmm. Like all of a sudden, I'm like really attuned to certain energies, feeling certain things, seeing things, hearing things. Your soul is just clamoring for that. So thank God you allowed yourself to go. Yes. But I was scared. Genuinely, mm. I thought I was crazy. I was like, oh, my God. I am something is wrong with me. Oh, so at first, after that session, you fear came up and you were thinking, oh, something negative is happening. Well, I didn't have anyone to talk to at the time. Right. You know, and I couldn't really like explain it to my parents. And I had become so closed off, right? I just closed everything off. And I was in such a this darkness. Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, people believe in things. That's silly. Right. And all of a sudden I'm broken wide open and I'm trying to explain these mystical experiences that I don't have the language for. And it's not like back then, you know, I couldn't just like go on Instagram and be like psychic, Reiki. It wasn't really there. And so I felt really scared. But then you know, I talked to my cousin about it. And then I started reading books like Many Lives, Many Masters. And I was like, oh, okay. So past lives aren't, that's a thing. Okay, cool. And I started studying with that Reiki teacher every single week for months. And it totally changed everything. I mean, I hadn't even heard the word empath until then, Mm -hmm. you know, which is so interesting because now I feel like that's such like a trending word, right? But it totally changed me and opened me up to so many gifts I had been suppressing. And yeah. Gosh, that's a a good story. So I guess before we close here, is there anything that you think would be cool or helpful for us to know about 2022? I didn't ask you this beforehand, so I know I didn't give you like prep time. It can even be like a small little thread of things. But yeah, how does it work when it comes to like years in general? Are there themes? Yeah. There's a theme to every year. And I actually do talk about this on my Instagram a lot. Like I always, every first of the month, I'll do like the monthly forecast. And at the top of the year, I always say like, here's what the energy is about. It's actually really interesting because I know there's shamanic ways to kind of like, this is what's happening in each year Mm -hmm. too. Mm -hmm. And Shaman Dirk and I were talking about this and I was telling him the numerological perspective and he said it's totally in alignment with the shamanic as well. So 2022 is 222, so 246. It's a universal year six. And six is the vibration of love, actually. And a lot of people think, you know, six is related to like evil or something because 666. It's not. It's the vibration of love. But, you know, again, the shadow side of the six is shame. And there's a lot of like shame and a lot of... Okay, that makes sense, actually. That based upon the shadow extraction and revelations, especially the last two years, that 
there could be some shame coming up around to be like healed and faced and transcended exactly. to get to love. And you know, when COVID happened, you know, that was 2020 and that was a year four, that was foundations, mm-hmm. right? And that was like breakthroughs, breakdowns. And we saw like a lot of parts of like our world breaking down and having to be rebuilt. And then this past year has been a five, which is unexpected changes, there's been a lot of those, a lot of like, wow, it's going to go that way. Okay. Yeah. Now we're going into six, which there is an opportunity to come together and there is the opportunity for that love and all of that. But, you know, again, the shadow side is like the collective will be purging a lot of shame, a lot of pain, Mm -hmm. especially in relations to love, relationships and sex. It's going to be a lot. And again, we're always in the vibration of these numbers. We're always experiencing light shadow, yin, yang. I mean, that's just how life is. Yes. So I don't want to ever like discourage people, but just know like going into that year and it's important to look at your personal, your cycle too, but just know that collectively, it's not going to necessarily like just get better. Like I've been saying that like with the year cycles, there's a heavy energy here and we're going through a huge transition. Mm -hmm. Humanity is. And it's going to be like ramping up. That's even shown in astrology, right? But all of this purging is giving us an opportunity to come together even deeper and to actually build a society that benefits everyone. And I think 2020, that year of foundations, and I talk about this on my Instagram, it's like we're realizing like, wait a minute, the world is not supportive of like thriving. Like people aren't thriving. We're all just kind of surviving, right? In the modern world. There's a lot of things that kind of just aren't in alignment with the human spirit. And now they're breaking down and we have that opportunity to shift them into a new world that we want. But it's like, what is our vision? Mm -hmm. And that's really something people need to be asking themselves because we have to dream it and imagine it before we actually live it. Absolutely. And also remember, you know, because the theme that was revealing as you were talking, it's like, yeah, none of what you said is negative. It's just it's just going to require work and require steadfastness. And, and yeah, as, as you tune into, because we're all such different people, you know, especially comparatively between now and two years ago. And so with all of that deep transformation, if you choose to start to tune into what is the new vision that feels most resonant for me? As that starts to take shape, of course, it's natural then, like if you have this beautiful, ultimate, divinely aligned vision that sits out there, if there is anything that stands in between where you're currently at and you being able to, in a really aligned way, living that vision, you're going to be presented with the opportunities needed. I don't like to label things as tests, but you're going to be presented with scenarios and experiences needed for you to build whatever skill set or muscle or deepen whatever aspect within you so that you can keep moving toward that ultimate vision to where you're in healthy embodiment and able to truly live that vision and hold space then for that vision to come alive for the collective, if that's part of the intention and things like that. So I guess my point is don't get discouraged if once this divine intentional vision appears, if then there are certain scenarios that come in, it's just building and fortifying within you or providing revelations needed so that you have the skill set to truly live that vision and embody it. So just 
do the best you can to lean into the work with as much grace and humility and compassion and love as possible and just keep putting one foot in front of the other. And the more you lean into that scenario to fortify that thing that presented then, you're then five steps closer to embodying that vision, you know? So it's actually a good thing when that stuff starts to come in. It's showing you you're on your way and you're on the right track is my little tangent. Totally. It's all about that contraction and expansion. Yeah. Whenever I feel like really like, oh God, I'm in a really tight spot and you feel that like you're tensing up. I'm like, this is getting ready for expansion. Yes. You know, and nothing stays the same. Like it's the tide comes in, the tide goes out. So yeah, we're just circling through a lot of heaviness on the planet yes. collectively. And of course, you know, the collective reflects our individual experience as well, which is why I think it's important to understand the universal year cycle, but also know your own, mm -hmm. you know, like there's going to be a lot of heavy emotions coming up 2022, but you're going to be in a year eight too. So in Allison's land, like there's going to be lots of money, power, all those, you know, initiations, we'll say, instead of tests mm -hmm, mm -hmm. will be coming up. But the collective is going to be going through its own thing. And it's interesting to see like they influence each other, right? Because you'll feel that collectiveness, but also on an individual experience, you're experiencing the eight. Hmm. Cool. All right. Wow. This has all been so helpful. So now we're going to enter in through another gateway and allow Caitlin to guide us. What is the name or theme of this meditation? Numerology. Cool. I guess that makes sense. <laughs> Considering that's all we've talked about for the last hour and a half. Okay, so we're going to dip into Caitlin's numerology meditation. Obviously, if you're driving, don't do this yeah. as you're driving. <laughs> Press pause, pull over, do whatever you need to do. Is there any other preparation before we go into this voyage? No, just whatever, you know, just get comfortable. Okay. Yeah. Okay, cool. We'll see you on the other side. We begin with three deep cleansing breaths. Breathe in deeply, filling your lungs all the way up and letting it out. Second breath in, fill your lungs up. Take your last and final breath. Make it your deepest. Inhale. And exhale. Whatever tension you feel in your body, let it go. As you continue to breathe, bring your awareness to your toes and feet. Allow them to relax. Feel a calm energy moving its way slowly up your calves, then to your knees and your thighs, releasing any tension that might be present. Continue to breathe comfortably. Each in-breath brings you peace, each out-breath releases even more tension. It is safe to completely relax and sit in the peace that each breath is inviting in. 
pulsating through your body continues to flow upwards. Allow your hips to soften and relax, sinking even deeper into the earth. Allow the muscles in your back to soften and release. Allow that feeling to flow upwards into your shoulders, releasing all the tension you've been holding there. Witness all worries, thoughts, and tightness evaporate. Feel the sensation of total lightness. continues to flow down your arms as you continue letting go and completely relaxing. Gently letting go, this beautiful healing energy travels up into your neck, your jaw, your facial muscles, relaxing and releasing any tension you've been holding on to. your crown, allowing your forehead to become smooth and relaxed, releasing and letting go even more. Now move your awareness towards your third eye, the space in the center of your eyebrows. Imagine in this space a triangular window. This triangular window is floating and has a message for you. As you peer through the window on the other side, a radiating ball of light slowly illuminates, expanding outward. Within this light, a number appears. Trace the number in your mind's eye and watch it glow and light up. You see it so clearly, so vividly. The number is completely illuminated and glowing brightly. Perhaps it glows a special color. Maybe it's pink, blue, red, green, or violet. As you breathe, the number glows brighter and brighter in this triangular window, and its light starts to expand, growing past the edges of the window. As the light stretches, it takes all of your frustrations, worries, and sorrows and washes them away. Imagine this window growing brighter and brighter with this radiant light so bright that the light begins to engulf your entire body, from your third eye to the tips of your feet. Feel this warm light radiating through your entire body, sending love and healing vibrations throughout. Your mind is free, peaceful and crystal clear. With each breath, 
you deepen your connection with this light, take some time to bask in this warm, loving light. You are connected to your higher self. You are filled with love and peace. Your higher self is ignited and you are whole and radiant. you with all its healing gifts and love. Slowly begin to bring awareness back into your body. Wiggle your toes, begin to move your fingertips, and feel the light sensation around you. When you are ready, bring your palms to touch. Gently rub your hands together and place your hands over your closed eyes. Slowly open your eyes behind your palms. Release the palms from your eyes and bring your full awareness back into the room. Okay, that was incredible. Thank you, yeah. Love it so much. I hope all of you received whatever was meant to serve your highest and greatest good in that voyage. And yeah, I just wanna thank you for coming on and spending all this time to share your hard-earned wisdom and knowledge around these teachings to help empower the Ceremony Circle Soul Fam's lives. and. Yeah, just thanks for being here. It was so good to see you in person yeah, again. Thank you for having me. You're so welcome. I love sitting with a fellow one. <laughs> yes, I know I did not know we were a rare breed, but uh, all right, guys. Well, I really enjoyed this. I have a feeling that you did too, and I'm so excited to sit with you again next time. Woo! What a beautiful, powerful voyage that was. It truly brings me so much joy and activates and lights me up to be able to sit with these incredible teachers, leaders, and masters from all over the world. So to learn more about them, just head to my website where all of the show notes and their details are listed. That's alisoncharles.com, A-L-Y-S-O-N, C-H-A-R-L-E-S.com. And remember, what makes Ceremony Circle Podcast so unique is that at the end of every single episode, you're able to immerse in a potent guided ritual practice or ceremony for your empowerment. So please feel free to make note of the practices that you really resonate with the ones that really light up your soul and come back to those episodes anytime, any day. You can use them as your daily practices. And I recommend starting your day with one of them at your altar space. Ah, it's been an honor voyaging with you today. And I would so truly appreciate if you'd open your heart to take a quick few seconds to drop a review on Apple, sharing what you love most or appreciate most about Ceremony Circle Podcast. 
Receiving those reviews is so helpful and allows us to continue to share this valuable content. And don't forget, if you haven't already gotten your copy of my new best-selling book, Animal Power, you can do so anywhere books are sold, or I most recommend going to my website. Again, that's allisoncharles.com backslash animal power, because when you purchase for you and your friends there, you get a free video guided shamanic journey to meet your current power animal that I facilitate. Animal Power Book is a modern day compendium featuring 100 different power animals, what each animal represents, their wisdom messages for you, guided practices and stories from all over the world. I personally put the book up to my heart each morning at my altar, and I ask which animal most wants to work with me that day. And then I simply close my eyes and flip the book open to the page I'm guided. And let me tell you, I have been deeply moved to tears on many occasions, and I can't wait for you to experience it as well. I worked on this book for many, many years, and it's now my greatest honor to have it available for you. So anytime animals reveal themselves for you, you can just head to Animal Power Book and see what that animal is trying to get your attention for. All right, Soul Fam, let's unite again in our next episode coming out next week so we can sit together and continue to activate greater consciousness energies for everyone. Much love. This podcast is for information and entertainment purposes only, and my intention is not to provide medical advice or diagnosis. You should always consult a health professional before making drastic changes to your diet or lifestyle.